0: After a four-month hiatus, the North County OGs are back with a new format. In series number one, we will be discussing contested and brokered conventions. The 2016 presidential election has been a roller coaster, and for the first time since 1976, it will come to fruition by way of a convention. Tune in this week and next week to find out exactly what that entails and why it matters to you. Welcome to the North County OGs. All right guys, my name is James Visser, I'm here with my boy Spencer Brooke, my co-host, That's what's partner up. in crime, The Captain. Hey guys the captain over here and we genuinely want to thank everyone who listened uh when we first started the show all those weeks
1: and everybody who waited patiently yes for us to come back
0: yes and we do apologize for taking so long but honestly i think towards the end of of uh, we'll call it season one i think we just uh you know, I we didn't really have a direction, and because of that, I think we kind of lost passion a little bit. But now we yeah, ha- we yeah. have a new direction, like new ideas, and and now we're passionate again. And you know, I think I think this time we're we're not playing around. We're, oh, we're ready to hit it. Yeah, we're, we're ready to hit it hard. We're
1: here for real this time. And so we talked about it in the intro a little bit, but we 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 have a we have a new format a little bit. We're kind of gonna go on one you know main topic, and we're gonna hit it hard for a series. You know. Might only be, maybe it'll only be one and we just cover one important topic, or, you know, it might be two or three weeks. So, but the whole point of this is, you know, I think when we were doing the last uh, go
0: around, I think basically a lot of that stuff was very uh, current events and focused on what happened that week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, the problem with that, um, that's, you know, Spence and I both agree is that you can't really go back and revisit that. I mean, our highest episodes are ones with Yellow Wolf and ones with guests that are timeless. You can go listen to them at any time and, you know, it's relevant. Um, But the ones that are about current events, they're cool, but they they fade and don't have any lasting relevance. So by doing it this way and focusing on topics that, you know, may uh, tie in with current events, but are also historical
1: events... Uh, they're timeless. You can go back at any time. For example, uh, in June, uh, after the last uh, caucus, uh, you're probably going to want, and it's probably going to go to a contested convention, you're probably going to want to come back and listen to this episode. Because you're going to have to say, okay, this is happening right now. Let's, uh, let's take a listen.
0: Exactly. And if you're not like super tuned in to the news and what's going on uh, politically right now, you may really not know why we're talking about these things. But as Ben said, after June 7 and all those primaries and caucuses are over, if someone is still not at a majority of delegates, which we're going to dive mm-hmm. into in a little bit here, yep. then you'll understand, oh, okay, now I understand why they talked about that. And you can come back and listen and if you have a family member or something that's, you know, what is that? What is this? You Getting can do an argument you, with it. Somebody. Yeah. You can tell them to come listen. So there you go. I think it's just more timeless. And we're not really sure um, the direction we're going to go like after each series. But we're thinking kind of like an idea we're juggling uh, is to between series kind of do like an old school episode where we kind of come in, just speak what's on our mind. mess a little fun. bit. Have some fun. yeah. Yep. And make it kind of more of a... Maybe see if
1: Four Loco will sponsor
0: us again. Exactly. Make it kind of more of an old school vibe, kind of get that <laughs> nostalgia back. Uh, and if you have any ideas for, convent, uh, for series for us to talk about mm-hmm. um, or just ideas on what you want the show to be like, uh, go ahead and shoot me an email to james at judsonrealestate.net or go to the North County OG's Facebook page. And That's, uh, the, best, that's the best way. Post th- on that. That's the best way. Um, but if you don't have Facebook or whatever, reach me at that email address and send us ideas, and then from that we can, uh, Spence and I will talk about it and consider, you know,
1: the different options. Definitely, definitely. So, that being said, let's jump into it. Let's let's hear about what is a contested convention, Spence. What is a contested convention? Well, this, I think, I think the place we're gonna have to start is talking about the delegates and going through the system of the Electoral College and the caucuses before the primary election. So uh, that being said, uh, if you know about the GOP, um, there is, which is basically the Republican Party, uh, there are 2,472 total delegates, which are won by each state and they are kind of set with different boundaries. And tell, Can you tell us about the kind of three different ways you can win uh, based on a caucus, James?
0: I sure can, Spence, but uh, one thing I was going to kind of bounce back to you before I go into that is do you want to kind of tell the people what a delegate is? Because they might be oh. hearing that term, and they don't know exactly
1: what a delegate is. That That's a good point, James. That's a good point. Uh, so what a delegate is is uh, an elected uh, representative – uh, that essentially um, kind of represents a portion of the population of each state, and when you vote for somebody, typically uh, they are they they vote with popular vote, or the state could set them that either the winner of that state every delegate has to vote for that um, majority of who won popular vote. Um, or sometimes it's, it's a little, it's just a little bit different rules for everyone. Uh, sometimes it could be that they also vote, um, that they are a super, a super delegate and they can vote for whoever they decide to vote for. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit complicated.
0: Now, super delegates are actually only on the DNC, the democratic side. Correct. Now the GOP does have something just like a superdelegate called an unbound delegate. Yes. But to answer your first question that you sent to me in in talking about the different structures for obtaining delegates for the candidates, um, we're going to talk about bound delegates. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the states make a rule on how the delegates need to vote. So, for example, Iowa, which was the first state to vote on February 1st, has 30 delegates. Mm -hmm. Now, in that state, say I was running against you, and I won fifty-one percent of the delegate, fifty-one uh, percent of the popular vote. You won 49%. forty-nine percent. Yep. You, I would get sixteen delegates, and you'd get fourteen, or maybe even yeah. fifteen, fifteen. So that it that's goes called, pro- a proportional. That's a proportional delegate system. Now yep. there are states like Florida. Now in Florida, if I ran against you and I beat you by one vote, I get all ninety-nine delegates in Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there's states... Winner takes all. Right. Then there's states uh, like California that are structured to where if you win certain counties by a certain percentage, you get most of the delegates. So there's winner-take-most states as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Um, And we just saw one in New York where, in New York, uh, that election has actually happened while we're recording this. So when you're listening, it's already over. But in New York, if you win uh, above 50%, you, you win all the delegates. However, if you get under 50%, it's proportional delegates. So each state okay. breaks it up a little bit differently, and there's some states that don't even have elections. Yeah. Colorado, Colorado for example, have a doesn't have an election. election. North Dakota doesn't.
1: Yeah, those are the two, I believe. Right, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah, that being said, so we kind of understand a little bit Do, you, do you, of the delegates. Do
0: you want to kind of explain real quick uh, what an unbound delegate is?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's essentially the same thing as um, a superdelegate. They are a superdelegate, unbound delegate. Basically, is that the state said, we're going to give you delegates that are essentially unbound uh, to popular vote. They say that you can vote for whoever your party essentially decides will be the best candidate. Now... I would say 80 or 90% of the time they they do just vote with popular vote. They don't want to go against the grain. They don't want to cause anything crazy. But in our case with Donald kind of with Donald Trump stuff going on and Ted Cruz, which are kind of the you know, the GOP would really not appreciate if either of them were in office. Um and and we'll
0: we'll get into that more next next week. Yeah, uh, we will get. And, in, I don't want to get into yeah.
1: too much, but they might not vote always every time right. with popular vote was what the point I was trying to make. Right.
0: So and, and those guys really come into play on the first ballot. Yeah. Um, Big be, time. Because say on the first ballot you need uh, twelve hundred thirty-seven delegates to
1: win. Well, no, you're talking about you're talking about a contested convention here.
0: Yeah, if you go to a convention,
1: which how no, do, but how I, do, I,
0: I, but I'm saying coming into the convention to avoid a convention, you need twelve thirty-seven delegates. Yes. Delegates. Okay. Out so of all if, the states. So if you come in with twelve hundred, I think there's about a hundred and fifty unbound delegates. Yeah. So if of those hundred and fifty you get enough to push you past uh, twelve thirty-seven, yeah, you win right there you know game over. Yeah. So those unbound delegates become extremely important uh when things in get down to the wire. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
1: So and and as James was saying, just to lay it out uh clearly, there's 2472 delegates when you go through on the GOP side, Republican side. And as you said, you need 1237 uh in order for there to be a clear uh, winner for the primary to be sent to the presidential election, if that is if no delegate has secured a majority, this is when something called a contested and or brokered convention uh, comes about. So I think there's something pretty there's something pretty interesting, a little bit crazy that happens in a contested convention. There is a rule committee which mm. is uh, created and I, we, James and I were actually just talking about this before we uh, started recording, and uh, there are 112 people on this rule committee that basically decide the rules uh, for uh, what will happen at the contested convention because essentially uh, there's a blank slate every time one happens, and someone's going to set the rules. What you, James, you were telling me about when one time somebody said that you must win at least the majority of at least how many states was it?
0: Yeah, what you're what you're talking about was in 2012. Uh, Mitt Romney uh, and Ron Paul. M- Mitt Romney and Ron Paul were kind of coming close to a convention, and obviously Mitt Romney is far more establishment than oh, yeah. Ron Paul. So the GOP last minute made this rule. The rules committee made this rule that you had to have won a majority of delegates in eight states and i yep. think ron paul was at like 7 yeah so they made the rule strictly just to cut him out of the running so that mitt romney was handed the nomination and then of course he went on to lose uh in in quite a landslide to to Definitely. barack obama in in november of yeah. 2012
1: so you know they have a lot of power to say hey we're not going to we're barring this guy out we're going to let him in not let him in and um there it's consisted of 112 people uh, half of them are from states and contested uh, contested territory, or sorry, not contested uh, other U.S. territories, which adds up to fifty six. The other half is uh, completely made up of basically anybody that the GOP decides is fit to be in there, which gives them a lot of power. Um, gives you equal power to the amount to each state. So there's a lot of different options that you can do. Um, the I have I've heard that the rule committee can actually kind of engage a nuclear option and unbind every single delegate at the contested convention. Ooh. So that would be that would be wild. I mean, you could basically just say hit the button and just say we are going to uh completely uh let every delegate do whatever they want to do and that could that could basically just go against they don't want Ted Cruz. They don't want, don't want well. Actually, I'm not going to get into that right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: we'll get into that next week. But but
1: we're gonna James and I are going to take a quick little break. We're going to get back into it. Yeah, and and I, I wanted to go back uh, real quick to those uh, territories. And I think this you. I think you you maybe know them, maybe not. What do yeah, there
0: there's six of them, right?
1: Yeah, yep, there's six of them.
0: Uh, yeah, the the six territories uh are Guam, Puerto Rico. Northern Marianas, the Virgin Islands, America Samoa, and Washington D.C. Ah, so D. C. E- so each one of those territories uh contains a certain amount of delegates. Mm-hmm. And those territories decide how those delegates uh, you know, vote whether it's proportional or winner takes all or winner takes most or whatever yeah. it may be. Um But yeah, those are the six territories.
1: Yep, they all vote towards it. Okay. So now we we kinda know what a contested convention is. And essentially the rules there. We kinda understand the basics about, you know, if it doesn't if you don't get the majority you head into it. But this, what what kind of what's happened in the past? What what can we expect if something does come up this year?
0: Well, let's let's start from the way back. Okay. Whoa
1: how how far back are we going? I'm taking this? you back to 1860. Ooh. Okay. 1860 was a that sounds that sounds like almost Civil War time.
0: It was, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're right in the the middle of it. Uh, so the Republican National Convention is what this was, and it cont- uh, there was four candidates actually in mm-hmm. this convention. You had William Seward, Thurlow Weed. Stephen Douglas, uh, and a guy you might have heard of, Abraham Lincoln, was in, that was in this as well. Now, what's interesting is coming into the convention, Abraham Lincoln was sitting in third place as far as delegate count. Okay, Now, when it got to the first ballot, no one had a majority. When it got to the mm-hmm. second ballot, nobody had a majority. Now, when it got to the third ballot, Mr. Third Place Abraham Lincoln came up and took a majority of delegates in the third ballot, mm-hmm. and he became the Republican nominee, and ultimately went on to win the presidency. So yeah. uh, it's a big one in 1860.
1: Yeah, and basically they kind of just go through a series of compromises, and you know, kind of what they're going to do, and making promises to certain delegates for their state. Yeah. It kind of just goes, it's kind of a, it might be a little bit considered some dirty politics. It's actually
0: legal to bribe delegates. It is. There's no law against it.
1: Yeah, because they can actually, there's things they can do. You know, you can fly them, you can buy them a steak dinner. It's kind of weird. There's certain, there's very specific laws of things you can do.
0: Like you could like buy one a car and, you know, it's it's kind of dirty. It's kind of sketchy. But,
1: uh,
0: you (laughs) know, my, you know, Good old Donald is gonna be doing oh. some ske- <laughs> some sketchy they're, stuff.
1: They're already they're already talking about how uh, Donald, like, if he gets to contested convention, he's like he's got his huge plane that's like made of gold or whatever. Have you heard of this? Yeah, he has like this crazy plane, and he's got you know he owns all these hotels across the world and like fancy locate. You know, they're already saying he, he's gonna be throwing out people on his jet, like left and right. if yeah. they make it to contested convention. Anyway, we're
0: gonna get into that next week.
1: We got we got to hold off. We got we're kind of biting at the suspense.
0: Are there any other conventions like people you know kind of historically should know about?
1: Yeah, this we we got another one here. uh, From 1924 was a very notable uh, convention. Uh, It happened in the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, and it was Alfred Smith versus William McAdoo. Now, the notable thing that about this particular convention is that it went through a brutal 103 ballots. <laughs> so this one just was a, a slugfest. marathon. Wow. And they could not figure out what they wanted or who they wanted to send on. But it wound up uh, happening that... Uh, kind of a dark horse a guy that was not really expected to win at all named john davis went on to win on the 103rd ballot so that's, i think we, we got to keep going Spence, there's some more big ones that is crazy though i know i mean to go 103 ballots that's a record that may never be must broken. have been like months they spent that, there. that's crazy you wonder you so probably push back. Like, yeah, that's weird. Like the, the general election. You wonder they if must, they push it back. They might have had to. Yeah.
0: Huh. I we'll have to look into that and, and come back in part two of the series. Um yeah, so the next one I want to talk about is uh, you know, almost just as interesting, kind of in a different way. Uh and this was the convention of nineteen fifty two. Now, this was uh a little bit different. This was in the general election, actually. So you know, we have an electoral college, and after yep. the general election, neither Adlai Stevenson or Dwight Eisenhower uh, for the DNC and GOP, respectively, yep. neither of them had a majority of the, of the electoral college. Yep. So they ended up going to a brokered convention between the parties in a general election. This is the only time this has happened. Yep. And, of course, Dwight Eisenhower came away with the victory, um, but that's really interesting, and and you know to to think that you know not only was the popular vote that close, but so was the electoral college. That's pretty interesting. I would I think yeah
1: definitely. So it went it went down to the next level, which is I'm glad glad they got it figured out that year. Yeah. So this one this one this next one in 1976 is uh is someone we all we all know uh somebody that. America loved, but did not win this year, unfortunately. And I'm, of course, speaking of Ronald Reagan and Gerald Ford in the Republican National Convention. Um, Gerald Ford had the lead coming into the convention and wound up winning over Ronald Reagan because it was a really close race between the two. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that this is a good lesson that we always talk about. You got to work hard to get to the place you want to be. Ronald Reagan didn't stop uh, lobbying, didn't quit working, and that's what got him uh, back into the presidency later on. You know, I'm
0: that that reminds me of uh a really interesting it was like one of those I've read this but I also saw it on like one of those meme photos where they have like a photo and then like a like kind of a chronological text on it. Yep, yep. And it was of Abe Lincoln, and we already discussed his 1860 convention. But that guy, I mean, you talk about a hard worker who got knocked down about a million times. He ran for like 12 public offices, and he literally lost every single time until he won in 1860. This guy never won. (laughs) I mean, he had like the hardest life there was. was. It was pretty interesting. And I've read this, and... And one, uh, you know, maybe um, down the line in another other episode, I'll go deeper into this. But it's really interesting history, and it's pretty inspiring. So, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, the lesson to take from that is, you know, if you get knocked down, you you pick your you pick your boots up, put them back on, and strap yourself up by you your boots, get out there, get that
1: grub steak. <laughs> you gotta get a grub. Yeah, it all starts with the grub steak. Spence,
0: while I look into this, you want to explain what a grub steak is, real quick?
1: All right, yeah. this is gonna pull up the next, uh, the next uh, convention, I believe. But uh, James was telling me today, uh, we're at work together, and he said, "Hey, Spence, is this a grub steak?" And I said, "Uh, you know, I don't, I get, I don't know what that is, but maybe I don't know." And he says, "You know, a grub steak is something where, uh, basically." people that wanted to mine, uh, go out west to the the west coast to go mine, they had to get a little job to save up a little money to uh get there and uh, basically pursue their dream. So that's the the job was a grub stake. Yeah. So,
0: so basically it's a grub stake is like doing uh a, a like a menial job or something that you, you don't really have passion for or yeah. like don't want to do, but it it allows you to have the opportunity to chase something that you mm-hmm. do want to do. So uh two two good gems back to back, you know, work hard Definitely. and go get a grub steak. Go, um,
1: you got to find a grub steak first.
0: Yeah, that's important. Uh so next up, um this is the second to last historical convention. We're only going to talk about a handful, but this one yep. is Ted Kennedy versus Jimmy Carter, of course, the DNC. Yep. Uh and they came in to a convention and it really was pretty anticlimactic. Carter just won Quite handily on the first ballot. So yeah. it doesn't, doesn't really go too much deeper than that. So
1: we, we see that it, you know, we go, sometimes it's going to wind up being 103. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to be on the first. So we have here uh, another one in 1984, the DNC. Again, the DNC's probably hitting the conventions a little harder than the GOP, from what I'm gathering. Yeah. <gasps> um, we have Walter Mondale versus Gary Hart. And uh once again, Walter Mondale won on the first ballot. It was kind of expected he was gonna win, but you know, you had to go go through it anyways.
0: Yeah. And then of course uh, and there's Ma- one more. And then of course Mondale uh <laughs> Mondale went on to lose to Ronald yes. Reagan in nineteen eighty four. Yes. And you know that that's is that's it as far as historical um uh conventions that we have to talk about today. But I think because, you know, we've kind of d- we've discussed what a convention is, we've discussed what a delegate is, we've discussed the history of uh conventions. So you're wondering to yourself, why are they talking about a convention? We kind of touched on that earlier in the episode. But basically, you have to tune back into part two because in, in part two, we're really going to kind of bring it home on why we're even talking about this.
1: Yes, because it's going to be important very soon. It, yeah,
0: you're you're going, like Spence said, a month, you know, come June, you're going to be like, oh, I need to tune back in because now I understand why they were mm-hmm. saying that. Yep. and And that's a really valid point Spencer made, so... Um, anyways, I, I I think, Spence, you got anything else on this topic of the conventions?
1: You know, I think, I do think that's all I want to talk about today. Um, I think we've laid out, yeah, as you were saying, I think we've laid out a great baseline, um, for what this is and how we can get into it. And next week, we just want to talk about more specifics about what, basically what James and I predict will happen at the next one. Um, and, um the exact specifics of how that's going to play out. And we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about just kind of what's happening in uh, the primaries and the um, caucuses um, as of right now. So.
0: So uh, Spence, I think, I think that pretty much kind of concludes uh, part one of the series that we
1: wanted to do about the conventions. Yeah. But uh, the- this, We got we got a little more time to fill. I think we want we want to, at least have about 40 minutes here.
0: Yeah, and next week we're going to, of course, hop into part two of the conventions, which is going to consist of more uh, the current the current substance and why it matters to you now. Yep. Um, so definitely tune in next week if you're interested in the conventions and find out what that entails. Uh, but, you know, we figured with this last little bit, we would kind of just chat uh, between the two of us about kind of the stuff that we've been up to. So, Spence, yep. I... I um, you know, Spence. Here, we went to Vegas for a bachelor party, and he, he mentioned to me that you know he he wanted to lose a little weight. So, mm-hmm. I programmed him a a diet plan, a cardio plan, and a weightlifting plan. Yep. And Spence, why don't you kind of tell the people what it's like to uh, be doing the cardio, be doing the lifting, and all this at a at a caloric deficit?
1: You know, at, at first it, it was a little tough. Getting used to the fact that, because um, James actually has me on this program where I do intermittent fasting, where I only eat for eight hours of a day, and I have 16 hours and I'm fasting. And it was a little bit tough for me to get adjusted to um, not eating breakfast, basically is where I've decided to cut um, some of my hours. So, and you could do it, some people do it at dinner or something too, or whatever, but you kind of got to choose one side of your day that you're going to... You know, try and get them, and I'm I'm eating 1,800 calories, which is quite a bit. Um, quite a bit. It's actually pretty tough to eat that many calories when you're eating really clean, uh, especially um, you know, for other people that would be more calories. I'm I'm pretty big. I burn a lot of calories, so I've been uh I've been dropping weight pretty quickly. Um, what 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 did I start at this?
0: If I recall correctly, you started at 312, and I think after week one you were at 307.
1: Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. And I you're
0: don't. on week two. You just finished week two, but you haven't weighed no, yourself yet.
1: Tomorrow tomorrow will be week two. Tomorrow will be week, week, two. week two. So yeah, I'm, end I'm, of week two. I'm
0: guessing you'll be, uh, you know. Th-
1: I'm going to be right just tickling around 300. Right now.
0: around 300. So yeah. in other words, in two weeks he'll have lost uh, – about ten pounds, so yeah,
1: it, it's good, and we're monitoring really him each week. So, yeah, basically, kind of expanding on what he said. The only problem I have is uh, the only problem I have is uh, the weekends. The, this, yeah, the, this age is just, you know. Yeah, the the weekends are
0: definitely tough, but the thing is, that's where intermittent fasting is so um, so yeah. valuable. Yeah. On the weekends, you know, you can slack a little bit, mm-hmm. but. Sp- as long as you're still maintaining that 16 hours of fast, yep. it's really hard to eat, you know, like kill yourself on calorie intake in eight in hours. only eight hours. So as long as you focus on maintaining that fasted period... Um, you probably won't do too much damage. If yeah. anything, you'll probably eat to what your maintenance calories are. Yeah. So you might not just in be... A,
1: just in not a clean way, unfortunately. Well, but so you yeah.
0: might not be at a deficit, but you're not necessarily gaining weight either. You're just staying the same, which yep. is fine for two days as long as you're losing weight the other five days. Yep. Yep. So basically the plan that I have Spencer on is he's doing three days of lifting mm-hmm. and five days of cardio, five or six days of cardio, and yep. eating eighteen hundred calories a day, uh, at least five days a week and doing intermittent fasting seven days a week. Yeah, And yep. it's very effective. So
1: it has been. So I'm proud. I'm
0: proud of this guy though. He's yep. putting in the work. It's definitely not easy, but he he uh, you know, when I when I wrote this out for him, he definitely applied it and, oh yeah. Yeah and I, I gotta appreciate that for sure. Yeah. So and
1: thanks thanks to Vis for uh helping me out and you know, help me out with it along the way and letting me be like, hey, this, this sucks. and be like suck it up, man. <laughs> yeah, for
0: for sure. But now he helps push me, too, because, you know, uh, I see him pushing and I'm like, you know, if he's going hard, then Gotta I need to too. also, of course. So, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, it's been good. So by by the end of this next summer, this and I, we're going to be uh, we're going to be looking pretty ripped, I think.
0: Oh, of course. Yep. That's the plan. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we were looking good at the pool parties in Vegas. But, yeah. uh, so, Spence, why don't, uh, you know. It's what been, about
1: you? What do you got? What, what's your big thing going on, man? What are you, what's you? been going on the last couple of weeks?
0: Uh, you know, well, since, since we've last been on the podcast, you know, of course, I'm still working on growing the real estate business. And uh, the way I put it to a lot of people is my first few months, I feel like I was running I was trying to run, but I wasn't really going forward. I was kind of just, like, on a treadmill, like, not really moving. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the last two months, I've, I've really, like, got off the treadmill and actually started making some really good progress. And it's not that I've been working harder necessarily. It's just now I feel like I have a direction to go.
1: Getting traction.
0: Yeah. And... Exactly. It's like, it's like I'm in a Mustang or some car and I floor it. My wheels are, were just spinning and now I've kind of caught and I'm, I'm going forward yeah. now. So, uh, And what I learned from that, I learned some valuable life lessons is that, number one, you got to just keep pushing even if you feel like you're stagnant because eventually as long as you're pushing in, in the direction of your goal and your passion – you're going to eventually catch traction. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs kind of get discouraged when we're, when we're in that wheel spinning. I did. Uh, there were a lot of times I was like, man, maybe I should just go back and, and go to my desk job. Cause it's easy. And I know I'm getting a check every week and yep. you know, it's good. I have pretty good money and, and it's cool, but you know, I think if you can get past that wheel spinning phase and go through the hardships of of putting money out there and putting money out there and putting money in investing while not taking anything in I think when you get past that and you have those written goals and you have that passion and you have that that determination to change a generation of your you know of your your family's line yeah then I think you can uh Uh, I think you can push past that and eventually you'll gain traction and make it, you know. But I think that I think, Spence, what do you think? I think the main reason people who come tune in to our podcast listen is to to learn and be better, you know, to learn and to be better. And I think that's why we do the podcast, because quite frankly, you're a bright guy. And when I'm here, Mm -hmm. I I feel like every time we come out of here, I, I learn something new.
1: Oh, yeah, James you know? and I challenge each other. that's why that's 100%. why we have such a good friendship. We always challenge each other, and you always got to get out of we've talked about it before you always got to get out of your comfort zone all you, the
0: time you have to and, w- and one thing I'll throw in too uh this week is that uh when when spence and I were recording uh you know it previously whatever it was twenty two weeks ago and we did that first run, which we're proud of what we did i I think it was oh, a yeah. pretty good product. I think all Definitely. that stuff was good um we didn't actually really ever hang out then outside no. of the podcast, but now we actually do. I yep. mean, I'll see this guy, you know, once or twice a month, probably. Yeah. Uh, or I'd more say at least. And, uh, you know, we went on a bachelor party together and we did stuff. So I think now we already had a good bond and good chemistry, but I think now it, it's even better. So, oh, definitely. I really think you guys, I think you're going to enjoy this next string of episodes a lot more because, Mm -hmm. I mean, already, you know, after listening to the beginning of this episode, you know how much information we're going to be coming with. And then, you know, whatever spare time we have, we're going to kind of go back and forth like old school. So
1: yeah, definitely. It's good stuff. Just like, just like this, uh, probably just throw out kind of whatever happened and, you know, observations of life, which are. Always, always good to hear, I think. And again, even, even if you notice in this last
0: little period where we've been just kind of talking back and forth in conversation between Spencer and I, it hasn't been on current events. We're really going to try to steer clear, unless it's something major, you yeah, know, like, yeah. a, you know, that needs to be talked about. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to steer clear current events because what we just said right now you can come back and it, again, it's timeless. I mean, it's like all this stuff doesn't matter when you listen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, part um, you're learning because
0: you could listen and be like, Oh, I want to look up intermittent fasting. You can come back and listen or, or whatever it may be. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's a good path and I don't know,
1: Spence, what, what, what how are you feeling? You think, uh, I'm feeling real, I'm feeling real positive about it. A lot, of, a lot of really good vibes going forward. Um, you know and we maybe we might still have some guests in um as long as it Guess. applies to yeah. our uh, as long as it applies to our series which is something that's going to be new for us um we're looking for more of an, an informational uh, professional we might be mm-hmm. we might even be talking to i don't know maybe like a college professor or something somebody who teaches something on yeah. what we're talking about that series or um. Yeah, it's going to be a whole a different line, but we're trying to keep a little bit of the feel of kind of the back and forth that James and I are first <laughs> kind of known for. Yeah, we don't want
0: to totally abandon that because I think I think a lot of like the classic moments that we had, and I think we do have some classic conversations uh, throughout those those first episodes. A lot of those just came from organic talking like this. There was nothing really planned out, so we mm-hmm. don't we don't want that to be lost. We don't want that to be gone. But we do, I think, I think Spence and I both feel as if the last episodes were kind of getting a little bit hollow. They didn't have as much substance as we would like. So these ones, we want to be sure if there's any problem, they have too much substance, Yep. if that makes sense. So yeah. we're, kind of, we're kind of flipping
1: it. If anything, we want you guys to be overloaded with information. Yeah that's the that would be uh that would be a good thing if one of you guys told us that you got overloaded with too much information. I would I would love that. I would love that. So, Spence what time are we at? Uh we see, we're about at we're about at 44 minutes. 44. Cool. So, oh. I think we're going to I think we're going to cut this out guys. Um once again, we love you guys and you would make us really happy if you hit that share button. Um we're going to we we probably for sure at least send you a personal thanks somehow yes message on facebook whatever anyways um we're back tell your friends um and we just can't wait to go through this uh new season with you guys
0: yeah yeah Now, spen said that very eloquently i mean we're back and you know thank you again to everyone who's returned to listen uh all the new listeners like he said a share it really, really helps us, and and uh, you know we'll be sure to return the favor if you guys ever start a business or whatever it may be to throw some shares out there. But be sure, especially on this first episode, definitely hit the share button or just go on SoundCloud, copy the link in the description up top, post that in your Facebook uh, status mm-hmm. thing, and hit hit uh, hit submit, and it'll it'll go ahead and bring the hyperlink up. So, um. I think that's about it, guys. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to be back next week with part two of the convention talk. And, yeah, we're just, we're just thankful. We're happy to be back, and we will see you all in the next one. Keep it OG. Keep it 100.